Welcome everyone to the Precision Health Pod, where we talk to the people building and benefiting from the future of health. Today we have Ali Spagnola, who is a musician, comedian, artist, creator, health enthusiast, and the co-host of Total Fit Head Podcast. Welcome, Ali. Thanks. Glad to be here. Well, would love to dive in a little bit more on you. Obviously, you do a lot of things. Um, how did you get here? What's your What's your story? <laughs> how did I get here? Um, a compulsion to say, look what I did as a kid and then that turned into well now that I have access to the internet you can do it globally so everything I do I put online and I was even so into fitness that I was like wait a minute I should turn a camera on so now that even that is public (laughs) and how do you balance it all like what do you what do you spend most of your time doing oh no I don't balance it all I just do (laughs) I guess if you're talking about balance and we're looking at a seesaw I just go extreme both directions. And I guess that balances it out. So go as hard as possible and then sleep as hard as possible. (laughs) Um, So it sounds like fitness is something you've been, you've been interested in. Is it something where it's been kind of part of your life for your whole life or is it uh, more recent in adult life? Yeah, it's been a part of my life since, I mean, I was two when I started figure skating and dance class. My aunt was a dance teacher, so I was forced into it, but then fell in love. And this seemed to happen to a lot of my dancer friends where we stopped doing it, whether it was in college or high school, and suddenly that fitness was missing. And so I moved into running and that was just the option for women at the time and and how it felt. It was, if you're not doing what you did in high school, then I guess you start jogging and then move up to marathons and, and it was steady state cardio and that was it. Um, until I guess we'll, we'll say recently and realize that there were more options. You, you'll see that I'm <laughs> in a weight room right now. And so it was pretty eye-opening to realize that I didn't just have to sit on elliptical for an hour or longer. And so, yeah, then putting all of that online has been really cool to help other people see that, you know, there are more things than, than just the elliptical. So where did you start? You started with, car- I mean, you started with cardio. What was your next step beyond cardio? Yeah. So I moved to LA and realizes that, realized that it was less safe than where I had been in the past. So I went to try out Krav Maga and then got into Thai kickboxing, which was super fun and, you know, very different from the biking to the kickboxing that I was doing against City State Cardio. <laughs> and it just happened to be that my Krav Maga gym then also added in CrossFit. And so I got, I got pulled into the cult and that was, you know, the starting drug to then get into bodybuilding and powerlifting and even more of that kind of stuff. So how do you think about your routine today? Obviously there's a lot of options out there. What are you doing on a, on a weekly basis? Yeah, right now I've been focusing more on what I want to do with my body as opposed mm-hmm. to what it looked like. Cause I definitely went through the aesthetic phase where I had a five-day split just looking at my back and then my biceps and you know leg day or but recently I've been really wanting to get a muscle up I love that gymnastic skill and my podcast co-host challenged me to do it by the end of the year so we have a bet going on I've been focusing on that and and really getting that skill and um another one I really want to get by the end of the year is a standing back tuck so it's been more about explosiveness and like I said, what I can do with my body versus, you know, what my legs look like on after a squat day. 
it's such an interesting mind shift that I've I've talked to so many people where they kind of grew up in a similar story. I'm I'm similar where I was an athlete and then went to the cardio slash aesthetic focus. And now it's all about, all right, what else can exercise do? And like, can it help my mental health? What else can I do with my body? And that shift um, drastically changed, at least for me. I don't know how you felt. Drastically changed my like interest in doing it every day or kind of how I was thinking about it and my excitement around it. Have you felt that kind of mental shift at all with the the shift in how you're thinking about what you do versus how you look? Absolutely. It's so much easier to gamify when you're trying to get a skill or move your lift numbers up versus an aesthetic goal. It's what you take pictures once a week, once a month, you look at the scale. It's it's tougher to to get that immediate status, satisfaction and the the check mark on the day that uh, oh I added five pounds to my deadlift and and that is so much more fun and motivating. Yeah, definitely, and lasting. It lasts a lot longer. So outside of movement, what else are your non negotiables when it comes to health? Sleep. Oh man, and this I mean I guess this also feels like a recent thing. But culturally, too, I feel like it was when I was growing up, I'll sleep when I'm dead and you have more clout the less sleep you have because you're so important and busy. And I'm hoping that that cultural shift isn't just me in an echo chamber, but it seems everyone's talking about sleep these days. And yeah, I now nine hours in bed commit myself every night, That's which is crazy, right? That it used to be, oh, well, hopefully I'll get seven, but really it was seven in bed and I was asleep for six or, or less. And now it is, I will be in bed for nine hours and then hopefully get eight. Yeah. It's so great that that conversation has changed. I've always been someone who sleeps a lot and likes to sleep a lot. So now the, the world is finally catching up. Um, so I saw you in Aura Ring. Um, I know you've worked with a lot of kind of top brands in this, in this health and health and performance space. What tools do you use? What do you typically track um, on a day to day? Yes, sleep specifically is a funny one because I wear my aura ring, but I also sleep on an eight sleep mattress. So tracking there and then I just want like a third opinion. So I do strap on a whoop to go to bed, which is so silly. I don't wear it during the day. It's just, um, yeah, I want to know. I, I've definitely been a victim to the nocebo effect, which is when you see a bad score and then you suddenly feel worse because your device told you to. And so I kind of combat that by seeing, well, okay, this one may have told me, you know, you should feel crappy today, but uh, my my whoop is a little bit closer to green. And so that's kind of why I'm getting all these data points. I also think we'll, um, this is all still really new and, and these devices will catch up to the level of detail that I would <laughs> require to not feel so um, untrustworthy of them or untrusting of them. But um, yeah, I think that's completely unnecessary and just kind of a little silly. It's also helpful to have a lot of data points for my fitness channel in case I'm storytelling. But the one thing that really made a difference and the the one thing that I would recommend to anyone is the eight sleep mattress. It's, it is a game changer to realize that sleeping cold makes such a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Are there any, when you look at all of those different pieces. I don't have an eight sleep. I need to get one, but outside of eight sleep, I've tried the others. Mm -hmm. Do you mostly look at kind of composite scores or how they're saying, all right, this is kind of how you should feel, or are you digging in deeper onto individual metrics um, and kind of looking at it that way as well? Yeah, I do love looking at the individual metrics. I'm specifically was focusing on deep sleep for quite a while and comparing my deep sleep in my aura from my whoop 
Um, that was one where it seemed like I was very much lacking and I ended up making a connection between how late I was eating and how much deep sleep I got. That was uh, with the help of Span, actually. They mm -hmm. they helped me track that, which was interesting. Then they got acquired by Eight Sleep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think drilling down into that specific metric is how I was able to figure out the problem in my daily life. It's so interesting. It's so important to have that ability to kind of pressure test on yourself, do N equals one experimentation. Um, and all of this data allows you to really do that and, and dive in. Um, on the nutrition side, have you done anything around testing? Um, are you a glucose monitor person? Anything else on the kind of nutrition testing optimization side? Yeah, yeah I'm wearing levels right now, although I'm going commando <laughs> no sticker being crazy. And yeah, that one is another eye opener. It just, it was crazy to see how different everyone can be that, that I could eat pasta and be so completely different response to someone else who had the exact same thing. And I mean, you realize that health is personalized, but when you really see it, you're like, wow, I should not be listening to that bodybuilder on Instagram because it, even if he does know what he's talking about, it's still very specific to him or me and could be completely different. Yeah, definitely. So do you feel like this is where people are realizing and this is where health is going? Or do you still think it's a while before more mainstream folks are adopting this really personalized data-driven approach? Yeah, again, I can't tell if I'm in an echo chamber, but I'm <laughs> hoping that Levels is going to bring this to the masses because it really does feel like it could make a huge difference for people, you know, pre-diabetic or even just for performance. I didn't realize that I was eating oat bran every day because it's clearly more healthy than pasta. It, it's lower on the glycemic index. It has a lot more fiber. But when I eat pot or when I eat oat bran, I was spiking looking like I was diabetic. And I was doing that to myself every day, thinking I was making the healthy choice. And so, yeah, to be able to see what's going on in your body and in real time, ugh, the fact that you don't have to wait three months of eating Oprah and then look in the mirror or, you know, go based on what you kind of feel. It helps you make that connection between the feeling and what is really happening inside you. So again, I don't, I don't really know it where it's headed, but I'm, I'm hoping that this will be mass adoption for something yeah. like levels. I'm on the same boat too. I think, um, levels, but all of this other data, it really allows you to step back from what everyone else is saying and just focus on yourself and what works for you, because we know that we're all different. It's just, how are we different and how do we actually take action on top of it is the, is the harder question. And so hopefully, costs will go down across the board. We'll be able to more people, more and more people will get access to their data and, and get access to real insights and helpful kind of solutions on top of that data to, to really move the, the needle in health. Um, yeah. In terms of kind of health trends, looking at it, is there anything where um, it's not worth the hype or you've tried something and you're like, no, I don't think this is, this is for me, or maybe it's more gimmicky than not? Uh, I, hmm, I'm trying to think of, uh, I guess the entire supplement industry, <laughs> there are so many times where I've tried something that's supposed to be a miracle. Ooh, mushrooms that, that you hear so many people going off about how mushrooms change their life and, and all of the benefits. And then I try them and I go, Hmm, this tastes like it's working. It's definitely not enjoyable, but I don't feel any sort of difference. And it, and it's one of those things where it's like, I guess I'll keep going. But if you don't have any sort of 
feedback that it's working, it, it feels a little silly and, and wasteful. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree with you on that one. I mean, that's one of the things that we're doing at routine. It's, it's not just about what you need to start with. It's about what's working and making sure you have that feedback loop and that more dynamic approach to, to supplementation, because you're right. There's so many things out there. People are wasting so much time and so much money and they just have no idea if it's working and no mechanism to really tell, um, what I should be feeling. And am I feeling that and, and how it kind of works all together, um, as it, as it makes sense. Well, kind of looking further into the, into the product side, is there any beyond, you talked about eat sleep, we talked about aura whoop, are there any other fitness or health products that you love? So lately I've been obsessed with barefoot training, which I, from a functional standpoint, now that I'm thinking, what can my body do? I don't know how important this is for anyone, honestly, because I guess if you want to be hiking barefoot, then it's something you should work towards. Um, I started it thinking that my feet were unhealthy in shoes, but really it's that if you have a goal to have stronger feet and to be able to walk barefoot and, uh, you know, feel that grounding, which also seems a little bit scientifically not based on anything, (laughs) um, then yeah, you can sort of work your way from minimalist shoes to barefoot and, and get there. And I've, I've made that transition and it, I feel stronger and more powerful, but really like, the, what did I get out of it? Except that now I'm hiking barefoot. <laughs> so it... yeah, I mean, um, specifically because you're asking about products, I'm wearing Vivo barefoot. Those seem to be the best ones of of the barefoot world. They are the ones where I'm closest to the ground. I think point three or three millimeters, which all the other ones that I've seen are are thicker. Got it. Um, and how did you find kind of this whole approach? Um, how did you? discover it and, and how did you dive in further yeah uh, a youtuber <laughs> where you can get wonderful information on the internet yeah it was a another collaborator friend of mine who had made a video about his vivo barefoot shoes and I was like wait a minute am I walking incorrectly do I need to fix my gait do I need to stop my heel strike and so I got sucked into it and then it's I've made a handful of videos since and it's been it's been a fun journey but again I don't know if that's it's good for anyone else yeah, I mean, if it if it's working for you, that's good enough. And then uh, at least it's a jumping off point. People can say, hey, this could work for me and, and maybe try it and test it on themselves. Are there any other kind of creators, podcasters, newsletters, um, YouTubers that you really look to for health and, and wellness advice or just discovery? Yeah, actually, well, Shervin Shares is the, uh, the guy that I was talking about that really got me into barefoot shoes. So definitely check him out. Are there any other newsletters or podcasters that you listen to too beyond your own podcast? Um, I'm not a podcast person, surprisingly. Um, although I do listen to audiobooks while I'm lifting, which is a weird one. I would suggest that. <laughs> um, and newsletters, ugh, my inbox is a monster. Do you subscribe to newsletters to get more things into your email? Um, I, there's a couple of newsletters that I, that I look at, um, pretty religiously that are once a week that I look out for, but beyond that, my inbox is probably similar to yours is, is a crazy place. And so I try not to, um, I'm definitely one too. Um, I listen to podcasts or audio or YouTube or, um, kind of the creators. I I do look at Instagram somewhat sometimes depending on on what it is recipes are are one there that's that's a big one um so that's typically how I consume my my information 
Yeah, another one, um, another YouTuber I've been watching lately is Mark Lewis. I really like um, the subjects he covers and, and the way he storytells. Definitely. And are there any pieces of advice that like kind of looking back to that to that high schooler, or the, the person doing cardio um, that you would give yourself now, um, kind of looking at your career and, and where you are from a fitness perspective? Yeah, if it's not working, do something else, which is such a obvious thing but yeah at that point in my life I just didn't know that there were any other options like I mentioned and I would stress yeah really pay attention to what is working for you retest you know check your minerals take some routine and then in three months test again make sure that it really is serving you before you just keep doing it definitely and any any kind of first steps for people that are trying to get more into their health journey or start their health journey for the first time? Yeah, I would say do what's fun. Don't force yourself into the treadmill unless you really enjoy that, then do that. I mean, I, my, it felt like my fitness journey really started with, you know, Muay Thai, boxing, Krav Maga, but if that doesn't seem fun to you, then don't do it. Go towards what is pulling your passion to begin with, and then it will be effortless. Definitely. Well, Thank you so much, Ali, for joining us on the Precision Health Pod. Um, last question, where can people find more about you and your podcast and all of the amazing things that you do um, online? Yeah, you can check us out at totalfitheadspodcast.com and we're on all the podcast media offerings. <laughs> check out the episode with Rachel. It was mind-blowing to want to see max and i freak out about the fact that multivitamins might be harming us Ugh, that was an eye-opener <laughs> uh well great thank you so much and i uh, really appreciate you being here today yeah thank you it was great great being here madden and mitchell media